Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig, and uh, this week we are going to talk about the power of words. Um, Larry, I think the hum actually is probably my fan <laughs> that's running in the background. Let me turn that off. That's why I always use sound filters whenever I'm processing the files to get rid of background noise and stuff. Anywho, uh, today we're going to talk about the power of words. Uh, and um, before we get into that, uh, you might have noticed I have yet again changed my picture in the upper right hand corner. And that is a picture of my mom with me whenever I was just a little thought. And the reason why is because today is my mom's birthday. She turned 75 today. And uh, we had breakfast this morning here at the house. And uh, shes it's her fault <laughs> why I am the way I am. Actually, she should win a medal or something just for surviving <laughs> life with me. I'll tell you what. But... Um, very strong, uh, classy woman. Um, anyway, so it's cool to, uh, you know, to, as I, it's funny, you know, I mean, with your parents, however much time you're able to spend with them. Um, it's interesting to me how much you see yourself at, at different times in them, uh, or you can see their influences one way or another. And even, today. I mean, you know, in this day and age, I still see things in my mom, you know, like I'm still learning who she is as a person. And uh, I was like, oh, that's where I got that. Okay. <laughs> you know, she'll say something or do something a certain way. And it's like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. Uh, but anyway, happy birthday to mom. All right, so today we're going to talk about the power of words, and this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, we've talked about language and gratitude and different things like that in the past, and um, I've actually wanted to talk about this for a few weeks, and uh, and then another topic would come up or, or something, and I'm a firm believer in just choosing things at the right time, and uh it just felt like this week was the right time. Plus, Kristen and I recently read a a study from, I think it was from Psychology Today, she had gotten retargeted with it. And uh, it was all about um, the power of words and how they physically affect us. You know, we've often heard a lot about how we're supposed to talk positively and maintain a positive mental attitude and all of that, that we should always give thanks for, you know, the things that are going right in our life. And, uh, you know, not surround ourselves with negative people. But, um, and even, you know, even in church, I remember, you know, growing up, how they talked about, um, you know, the power of life is in the tongue. And, you know, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light, you know, so there's a lot of references to, to words. And I always had the thought, uh, like the way my brain works is to wonder, like if we say a certain word, like, um, 
Uh, well, let's just pick a negative phrase uh, for a moment, since we're talking about positives and negatives. Um, like a negative phrase like, I don't think I can do that. Okay, whatever it is. It could be anything. Um, I don't think I can do that. So my question has always been, <clears throat> if we say that phrase, well, if we think the phrase, I don't think I can do that, but not speak it, is it any different than if we actually speak it or if we speak it with emotion or if we hear it from somebody else? You know what, Tony, I don't think you can do that. You know, same thing. Or if we say it in a dream, you know, if we're dreaming middle of the night, confronted with something and, you know, in the dream we say, I don't think I can do that. Does all of those carry the same weight with us? Like, do they all, all those different circumstances or, and of course, add into that, like writing it down, you know, writing it out on a piece of paper. I don't think I can do that. Um, do they all carry the same weight? Is there anything to it or is, or is it all a bunch of BS? Well, there's been a lot of studies uh, recently done. And actually, I say recently, but it's been over about the last five years um, that have shown conclusively that it actually has a huge impact on us, negative more than positive. And um, there's been like MRI studies done and all different kinds of things where People will be, you know, wired up and um, have like negative words like no flashed on a screen in front of them. And literally within a second, their brains release uh, neurochemicals uh, in response to seeing that negative word. Um, and so study after study after study is basically showing the same thing that we respond more quickly to negative than we do positive. And one of the primary reasons why is fight or flight. You know, our lizard brain, we are programmed to preserve, you know, uh, self-preservation. And so as a result, uh, negative words trigger stress and anxiety. Um, Along with stress and anxiety comes very specific chemicals that are released in our brain uh, to cause us to go into protection mode. And so we can become addicted to those chemicals and live in that space. And it's very easy to do so because we're hardwired. You know, we're hardwired for self-preservation. But what they found is, by the same token positive words to counteract the negative requires uh, anywhere from depending on how it's um, the positive words are presented. In other words, either speaking them or writing them or thinking them or whatever. It can require three to five times as many positive words to counteract negative because the brain don't see it as a uh, as a primary uh, source of importance because it's not about fight or flight. It's about, you know, it's not about self-preservation, even though we know that it is right. We know that in order for us to really positively survive in this world, we have to make positive statements. We have to choose positive words and, and all of that, but our brain don't see it that way. 
And so, you know, um, I'd love to let you know that dopamine is the strongest of all the brain chemicals, which is the happy drug, but it's just not true. Uh, and so um, for every negative word that you think or say or or write, especially if it's spoken in anger, it's even more so um, anchored into our brains in a way that it can create negative neural pathways that can be really hard to escape from. It's why there are some people who are chronically depressive, who um, are constantly negative, complaining about everything. They're hardwiring their brain for that, and it's really hard to get away from it. And, um, and so if you are in a situation or perhaps it's how you, you know, how you grew up or what you were exposed to where, um, you're constantly inundated with negative or you're constantly told that you're stupid or, um, you know, just a very negative, angry household that you grew up in or, or whatever, it can be extremely challenging to reverse that effect. Um, to build new habits because it's not just a habit. It, it, there's actually chemicals involved that we become addicted to in our brains, um, which to me is good news um, because what that means is that even though it can be challenging, it can be doable. And I know like for myself, um, I've always been because of my interest in linguistics and all of that, I've, I've for years and years have studied if there really is anything to, to words. Like I grew up in churches, as you know, I've shared that before and it was charismatic, um, church mostly, um, whenever I was in my teenage years and all of that. And so there was a lot of talk about the power of words, you know, and, uh, and then, as I got to learn more and more about metaphysical type things, you know, the same recurring theme came up over and over again. And, um, and so I kind of made a study of it, which worked well for me. Uh, it didn't mean that I practiced it. Okay. It just meant that I was fascinated by the whole idea. And, um, you know, I started studying uh, language in part because of this fascination. And I, I made some interesting discoveries, you know, like uh, people would say things like words are seeds and that there's power contained in words and all of that, which kind of made sense to me, but I, I wasn't sure how or why. And there, back then there were no studies that indicated anything like that was true. Um, you know, and so it seemed a little fantastical to me in some respects. It's like, you know, I can speak certain things and it has that much control over my life. Like what, you know, and this is before I read like think and grow rich and, you know, some of those kinds of books. And, um, and so whenever I discovered a lot of the metaphysical books, which I call metaphysical and I don't necessarily mean woo woo. I'm just using that as a classification. Um, in contrast to like religious books. Okay. Um, but books like the master key system or think and grow rich or, um, you know, different kinds of books like that, that really put an emphasis on the importance of what we think and what we speak. Um, it really caught my attention in a really huge way. Um, because I was always, um, 
I wouldn't say that I was negative, um, but I was very much a worrier, very, very stressed out, very angry kind of person um, for years and years and years. And it wasn't until, you know, my girls were teenagers that I really started noticing that I was like that and really set out to change my programming. And it was tough, you know, uh, even, and I've shared this before, but even when I first got started in uh, teaching one line, um, man, I was just constantly stressed. Wonder I didn't have a heart attack back then. I was just constantly stressed, constantly worried, um, a lot of anxiety. How am I going to pay the bills? You know, all of this kind of stuff. And, um, and then I figured some of it out and things started to change in business and my personal relationships and all of that. And then, um, as many of you know, the story, uh, almost 10 years ago now, um, my dad passed away and my marriage ended and all of that. And, uh, it freaked me out. I mean, just even, it was like insult to injury, you know, because, um, I can be a bit of a control freak, uh, only because I trust myself and I, I understand that things need to happen a certain way. And so I like to have that control. It's not always a positive, but usually, um, you know, I, I got to where I am because I understand how to make things happen. But in those situations, everything was out of my control. And so, uh, I felt helpless, which I don't like feeling. I was very stressed out, um, you know, and then of course my dad's gone now and, you know, that had its own set of baggage and it's like, what am I going to do? You know, I, like, I can't stand this because I, my entire life was completely out of control and I couldn't handle it. It was just, like I said, stressing me out. And that's when, as I've shared previously, the mantra started in my head of stop focusing on what you don't have and give thanks for what you do. Um, and I would hear that in my head. Who knows where it's coming from? You know, could have been from God, could have been from aliens, could have been my own subconscious. Doesn't really matter. Um, but I would hear that phrase in my head hundreds, if not thousands of times a day. And every time I would start back into that negative spiral I would hear that phrase. And that was one of the key phrases that really helped pull me out. I haven't really understood completely why. I mean, I understand the benefits and power of gratitude and giving thanks for what we have. Um, but, you know, I'm constantly figuring things out um, for myself and because uh, I know me best, I think. Um, <laughs> but looking at words. And it wasn't like I went through this verbal mantra every day, you know, where I'm listing out all the things that I'm grateful for every single day or moment by moment or whatever. What I found was that whenever that thought would come into my mind, it stopped me enough where I didn't really have to say, oh, yeah. I mean, there were times where I actually did go through things that I was grateful for. And I found that as I was grateful and gave thanks that it would shut down that negative crazy talk from my brain. But ultimately what I discovered was as that mantra would 
whack into my brain again. You know, the moment I would focus on, oh my God, what am I going to do? And my daddy's, you know, it's like, stop focusing on what you don't have and get thanks for what you do. Um, I realized that just hearing that in my head after a while would just stop me in my tracks and shift my attitude to where I'm like, oh yeah, right. Okay. And now I don't really hear that much at all. And I don't think about that phrase much at all. I still believe in gratitude and of course all of that, but, um, but just those words echoing in my head constantly had a very positive impact on how I see things. One of the things that really stood out to me just recently was that very often whenever we're negative or we're thinking negative thoughts or we're being impacted by negative words and all of that, there's usually no fact behind it. We have no physical proof that any of that's going to happen. You know, the doom or gloom, worst case scenario kind of stuff that we often give ourselves to. But yet we focus on that, even though there's no nothing factual behind it, or it could happen a certain way. And that certain way is what we're worried about. You know, um, man, if this doesn't happen, or I don't know where this bill's going to get paid or whatever. So we're stressing about stuff that could happen, but hasn't necessarily happened yet. So every time we're focusing, focusing it seems, on something that doesn't exist, there's anxiety and stress attached to it. Unless we're dreaming in creative imagination, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But the other thing that I noticed that, uh, and this is the reason why gratitude, I think, can be um, become a very easy pattern for us to develop in our lives, is because whenever you... um, Whenever you're focusing on what you don't have, you know, um, positive or negative, uh, there is always going to be stress involved, you know, uh, because of the negative um, connection that exists there with those words or with those scenarios or circumstances. But from a gratitude perspective, giving thanks, like you already have it, it's already done. you know, like my mom today, she's 75 and she's still here with us and she's in good health and all of that. So it's very easy for me to get to give thanks for her because, you know, there's no imagination necessary. She's physically here in my house. I can look at my car. It's there. I, it's easy for me to give thanks. The challenge is for us to not take that stuff for granted. You know, we should always live in a place of gratitude. But understanding that those thoughts of gratitude, those words of gratitude that we give, are programming our brains in a very positive sense. It's one of the reasons why you have to be really careful who you're spending time with. Um, You know, whether it's negative family or negative friends or whatever. Uh, Back when I really started figuring this stuff out, Um, you know, I was reading uh, a lot of books in that direction, like Secrets of the Millionaire Mind um, and different ones like that. And I realized, you know, I need a change of friends because a lot of my friends, all they did was complain and talk about how they were always sick. And it was one thing after another, after another. And it's like, good Lord, you know, I I felt like I had to take a shower 
every time I spent time with them. And so finally I decided, you know, I don't think I need them in my life anymore. And uh, they aren't. <laughs> they haven't been for years, um, close to a dozen years. And, and these are people that I went on vacation with, spent time with, you know, all of that. Our families grew up together, basically. And um, I had to kind of fire them <laughs> from being friends and start surrounding myself with people who were um, like what I wanted to be. People who were positive, people who were optimistic, people who were grateful. And um, just hearing them talk and listening to them and taking those positive words in really had a very positive impact on me um, to where it literally changed how I think and how I speak. Now, I, I can't honestly say that I get it right all the time. There's still times where, you know, worry will creep in a little bit. It's very, very rare. Um, but it happens on occasion, you know, like back that one day in 2016, I think <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, like I naturally, my natural propensity is to positivity. Now I'm a very positive, um, person. That's just how I am. And the reason why, and I've, I, I have shared some of this before, but the reason why is that I've discovered a secret. And the secret is that um, there's no amount of negative words that you can speak, think, or hear that are going to bring about a positive effect. Unless it's something like, watch out for that car, you know, as you're walking across the road. Uh, I'm not talking about those kinds of things. But I'm talking about, you know, thinking I'm never going to amount to anything. I can't do this. I'm stupid. You know, you can't. There are no amount of uh, times you can think those words where you're going to get a positive outcome. It just don't work that way. You know, um, my grandfather always quoted Henry Ford, um, who said, uh, Tony paraphrase here. Uh, there are those who believe they can and those who believe they can't, and both are correct. And um, so a lot of that comes from the constant chatter that we have going on in our minds. When we speak it out, it's even worse. When we speak it out with emotion, it's even worse. And so what I found is that if there is no amount of negative words that I can speak, no amount of stress or anxiety or any of that that I can bear that's going to create a positive outcome in my life, which is what I want, a positive outcome, then why do it? You know, if you want a positive outcome in life, whatever it is, a better relationship, more success in your business, you know, more freedom to create if you're an artist or whatever, you know, you can't negative talk your way into a positive benefit. It just don't work that way. You can't have, have it both ways. Uh, just like you can't positive talk yourself into a negative. You know, I mean, it seems like such a simple concept, but yet how many times have we struggled with it? How many times have you struggled with it? Where, you know, I mean, I challenge you 
to call yourself stupid every day for a month and then try to do something positive. You know, it, it just ain't going to happen. And actually, don't do that. Uh, but on the flip side, what would happen if you were constantly encouraging yourself? You know, whether you're thinking it, speaking it, speaking it is more powerful, writing it down, writing down your dreams and goals, creating a positive uh, mindset, you know, where you're seeing those goals happen, where you walk yourself through you know, imagine yourself doing those positive things. You know, I, this is something I do very, very regularly, um, pretty much daily. Uh, but you keep that up. It ultimately will shut up the negative words. It's one thing that I learned, you know, growing up every morning, um, my mom and dad loved Kenneth Copeland, you know, well-known charismatic preacher. And uh, so... Every morning at breakfast, getting ready to go to work or school, Kenneth Copeland was on. Getting ready for dinner at night, Kenneth Copeland was on. I mean, it was just like constant um, teaching tapes and all that kind of stuff. And the one thing that really stood out to me was his whole approach with words, you know, and um, about being positive and those kinds of things. And that just kind of, I don't know, I guess it leached into me. And I'm not saying that you have to, you know, go listen to his tapes or anything like that. Um, I'm just saying that it had an impact on me. Um, and the one thing that he would often say, which at first I didn't really believe until I tried it. And then I was like, wow, it really does work. Is... Uh, he would say something like, uh, you know, whenever negative thoughts come into your mind, start speaking positive thoughts because your brain has to shut up to hear what your mouth has to say. And so um, whenever you're, you know, you're like, what am I going to do? And you're stressed out and you're worrying and everything. Whenever you start speaking positive affirmations, reading scripture, whatever works for you, um, you can't think and speak at the same time, you know, because your, your brain literally shuts down. And so it really is in essence, a type of programming that we can use on ourselves. Um, because with those negative thoughts coming in and we all get them, you know, good Lord, all you have to do is turn on the news, you know, or go to Facebook or whatever. We're surrounded by it. And, uh, I mean, I like keeping informed in what's going on in the world. I don't talk much about politics or those kinds of things. Um, but I, I want to be informed. I want to know what's going on, like what's really going on versus what we're told is going on. And, um, but I, <clears throat> I catch myself at times thinking, holy crap, what are we going to do? You know, and I feel myself being drawn into, you know, the crisis of the day or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I need to unplug. I have to get away from that. I, you know, I have to walk away there. I mean, even TV shows can affect you like that. Um, and you have to understand that we're hearing these words. It's like, well, it's not even a real story. It's fiction, you know, or fake news or whatever the case may be. Doesn't matter. Your brain's still hearing those words. It don't know any different. You know, your brain 
your amygdala and all that, you know, will take fantasy uh, that's not even real and believe that it's real. Like it doesn't discern the difference. It don't really care. That's why in a positive use, um, Olympic athletes can imagine themselves running the race or doing their event and picturing it. Your brain don't know that it's not real. You know, it fires the same way their science approves it. And so you really have to be careful. Um, a really good recent example of this is um, Kristen and I have been binge watching this show called The 100. And it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi kind of show. Very well written. Um, and uh, we're, I guess there's five seasons right now and we're in season five finally. But what we found is that um, if we'd watch like a couple episodes and then go to bed, we'd dream about the freaking show all night long. You know, we're trying to stop the grounders and, you know, whatever the case may be. And it got to the point where now, if we watch a couple of episodes, because there's so much turmoil and stress in the show itself, that's the way it's written, because they're surviving. They're, you know, there's like 1,500 humans total on the planet, and they're trying to figure out how to survive it all. So there's a lot of infighting, and you know how humans tend to be when everything degrades. We fight. We kill each other. That's, it seems like how we're programmed. But anyway, what we found is that in order for us to get a decent night's sleep, we have to, after watching a couple episodes of that show, watch a comedy uh, just to shift our brain, you know, get into laughter. Uh, and then we sleep fine. You know, we don't have weird dreams or anything like that. Um, and so, you know, we'll turn on whatever, um, Young Sheldon or Big Bang Theory or something like that, just to kind of shift gears in our mind. So you have to be uh, cognizant of the fact that everything that's inputting into our brain is having an effect. All of it is words. I mean, there's granted, there's visuals too, but it's the words that we really have to pay attention to. And a lot of the ancients really had this figured out. Like, I know even with Cherokee, which um, <laughs> we're not going to get into the conversation of blood percentages and all that kind of stuff. But um, I know that, you know, I had uh, part of my family heritage on my mom's side is family or is uh, Cherokee. And I don't know or care what the percentage is. Um, like some politicians seem to make a big deal about it, about it all. But, um, my, the one thing that I do know in studying that culture and learning about it and understanding it is their point of view regarding words. And there is a word in the Cherokee language. Um, it's, uh, Kanecha. It's spelled K-A-N-E-T-S-V. Uh, so E's are pronounced like A's typically in Cherokee. Um, and uh, T-S-V is uh, pronounced like C-H, cha, like C-H-A. So Kanecha is this word. And um, the English transliteration of it literally means power words and power word um, 
what they intend with that um, definition is that, uh, like you know, others have said, that whenever you speak words, there is power in them. Like they literally make a difference. And uh, many cultures actually have similar beliefs, uh, similar words in their own language that imply that. So there's an understanding there that if we're constantly speaking positive, thinking positive, uh, we can literally rewrite our reality. We can change our reality versus the negatives, you know, um, constantly giving our thoughts to stressful things, to anxiety things, to depressive things, you know, all of that. Um, you know, where our regular words are can't, won't, no, you know, all of that versus I can, I will, you know, uh, those kinds of positive, you know, giving thanks uh, kinds of words. So one of my challenges uh, for you to think about um, today and moving forward is what kind of a, of a reality are you creating with what you say, what you think, what you write, um, what are you creating for yourself and how are you hindering, um, your own life and other people's lives through what you say and think, like, how are you hindering? You know, maybe there's this, um, interest that you have, you know, let's say it's writing a novel or creating art or, starting a successful business or finding the perfect mate, you know, being a better father or mother. Um, it can be literally anything. And if you were to start monitoring all the words you're using in relation to that thing, whatever it is, you know, just pick one. If you were to start monitoring all the words you think, all the words you speak, um, that you allow into your mindset, and then compare that with the outcome that you desire, which is to do that thing, do they line up or not? You know, if you keep saying, well, I don't think I can, or they're so much better than me, or this is never going to happen, or I, I don't have the money, you know, I don't have the intelligence, you know, all of those things you think about or speak every time. Like one of the things that I found is that uh, more times than not, we're not even consciously aware of what we're saying. But yet what we're saying and what we're thinking is creating our reality. And so it's almost like we're doing it on autopilot and autopilot typically means negative because again, like I said earlier, that's how we're programmed. And, uh, so how does that line up for you? You know, if you want to write a novel and you know, I'm speaking to myself here as well, you want to write a novel. What are you saying about that? Oh, I don't know if I can do that or not. Guess what? Saying that or thinking that is not going to get you to writing a novel. You know, looking for a great relationship. Why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep picking the wrong person? Right? 
how's that going to get you to your perfect mate? Like for me, I had to give up, you know, I seem to become an expert at picking crazy for years. Like I have, you know, case study after case study, apparently of picking crazy. And it wasn't until I finally said, you know what? I'm done. I I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. I made a different choice. I started talking differently. And two weeks after that is whenever Kristen and I started dating. And of course the rest they say is history. Uh, but you really have to pay attention to this. Like this isn't just a good idea or something to try. Um, this is life. And, uh, you know, you're struggling right now in whatever, fill in the blank. Start paying attention to your conversation. Start paying attention to your dialogue with other people. Start paying attention to what you're reading and taking in, uh, to the thoughts that you're thinking. You know, pay attention to that. Because you can't have it both ways. You can't think negative and achieve positive. It just doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. And based on the studies, you have to think, speak, whatever, three to five times the number of positives that you do negatives. That doesn't seem fair, but that's life. That's the way it is. And I'm not saying, you know, that you're just constantly, you know, I am more than enough. Everything's working out for me, blah, 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 where you're just constantly muttering these words like I'm, you know, ongoing saying over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, automatically, as if out of nowhere, life turns around. Like it isn't that either. It's a combination of how we view ourselves, how we view the world around us, how we're using our words to create what we want, and then taking the action uh, as the ideas come to us, as the opportunities come to us. Like that right there is the secret to success in any area of your life. Now, it's not to say that, you know, um, you know, here in the U.S., we have this you know, stupid, crazy high lottery that's being drawn tomorrow, uh, $1.6 billion. So it's not to say that if you spend the next 24 hours or the next, I guess the drawing is tonight. So the next eight hours or so, just saying over and over and over again, I believe I'm going to win a lottery and blah, 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 and I'll do all these things. You know, we promise God, you know, if I win, I'll, you know, give half of it to the homeless or whatever. Like it, just doesn't work that way. You know, it'd be awesome if it did. It doesn't. Um, but that said, not to say you shouldn't go out and buy a lottery ticket. I mean, you can't win if you don't play. Um, it's kind of the way I, I look at it as a business expense. You know, if I win, I win. If I don't, I don't really care uh, because it doesn't change what I'm doing in my business and personal life. So, so be it either way. I don't care. Um, but I really want you to pay attention moving forward to what you're saying and what you're getting. If you don't like how things are showing up in your life or how you're not getting stuff done or how relationships are going or, or whatever, like that's a really good, uh, indicator that you need to start paying attention to what you're saying. I remember, um, Several years ago, I had a coaching uh, client local, and uh, he wanted to start a publishing company. And so I agreed to help him do that. And we met weekly 
at um, like Panera or something. And uh, I remember uh, this one conversation we were having, and I don't recall now what exactly what it was that I was telling him, but uh, he made this statement. Um, I had said something to him, and he made this statement like, uh, well, that would be nice if that could, if it could happen that way, or I'm not sure I could do that. Or it was something like that. It just, it was a very negative degrading to him kind of statement. And I stopped him, um, as soon as he said it. And I said, why did you say that? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, the last statement that you just made, why did you say that? Like, where's that, where's that coming from? And he said, what did I say? And I said, I repeated it back to him and I don't, it's been years ago and I don't remember exactly what it was, just the essence of it. And I said, you said, I don't believe I can do this or whatever it was that he said. And he's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I said that. Like he didn't even know that he had made this negative statement about himself and his capability of being able to pull off this publishing business. And I called him out on it. And, uh, I said, I, I'm friends with his wife as well. And she's an awesome photographer and such. And, um, I said, um, I want you to ask your wife to point out every time you say something stupid like that. <laughs> I said, so that you become aware of it. And he said that he would. And it radically changed his business. Radically changed it. He became consciously aware of what he was saying and the negative versus the positive. And he ended up building an amazing company, a uh, publishing company. They're doing all kinds of stuff, music videos, all kinds of books, traveling all over the country or all over the world. I mean, it's just crazy what he turned that into. But there was a, a time early on where a lot of self-doubt was there. Uh, a lot of negative programming was there that he had to overcome. And it was completely invisible to him. Didn't even know it was there. And I've seen it in myself uh, where, you know, I've said or thought things that just, you know, weren't there. And I think that's one of the reasons why going back 10 years ago, I had to really, you know, get that mantra I was talking about, about stop focusing on what you don't have. Um, why I had to get that into my head like why it was so important. And I mean, it, it transformed every part of my life. Um, certainly my business, but, um, other areas as well. Uh, some areas like relationships took longer just because I was stubborn and, you know, my head wasn't where it needed to be. Um, and those were some pretty hard lessons for me to face. Um, one of the things that I've also noticed is that, especially when it comes to things like this that can be invisible to us, uh, having a spouse or a 
good friend or someone like that, or even a, a coach or mentor, uh, giving them permission to point stuff like that out to you can be extremely powerful. It can also be extremely challenging and um, frustrating at times uh, because all of a sudden you feel like you're under attack. Like, am I not going to say anything right? You know, and like every time they open their mouths, it's like, now what? What did I do now? You know, uh, just understand. Been there, done that, by the way. That's how I know. Um, <laughs> done it many times. But uh, if we really want to create the life of our dreams, we got to figure this shit out. I mean, I'm just being honest here. You got to figure out the words, you know, and what you should and shouldn't be saying, should and shouldn't be thinking. You know, you got to get the stress out of your life, got to get the anxiety out of your life and understand that a lot of that's coming from negative input. You're allowing that stuff to stay in your mind and you got to kick it out. You know, it's got to go. Um, but whenever they're pointing it out, it feels like you're under attack and you have the uh, whole fight or flight thing starts up again. You know, because that's what we do as human beings. That's what we do by default. Uh, so it comes down to being able to retrain um, default, our default setting, so that uh, in extreme pressure situations or when we should be freaking out, like I have a $100,000 bill that has to be paid in the next two months, um, <laughs> how the hell am I going to do that? Uh, that you don't worry and stress and freak out. You just rather take a position of, you know what, one way or another, it's going to work out. I don't know how, uh, I don't know when, I don't know where, but we live surrounded by abundance. We live in an abundant world and one way or another, it's going to work out and then believe that. And I can tell I can tell you from personal experience for like years of personal experience, not one or two events, years of personal experience that it works out. You know, one of the things that I remember and some of these stories I know I've shared before, but they serve to make a point. One of my friends that I grew up with, um, We've been friends since we were both kids and uh, still friends today. And uh, we were talking about something. I don't know if it was about the online classes that I teach or something. This is going back years ago. And uh, we were talking about, you know, I don't know if he was asking me, like, so what are you doing online these days? And I told him, you know, what I was doing at the time. And he made this statement of, oh, I could never do that. And I mean, as, as quickly as he said it, I fired right back at him. Who told you that? And he said, what? And I said, who told you you couldn't do it? And he said, well, I guess nobody. And I said, what proof do you have that you can't do it? And he said, none. 
then how do you know? But see, it's real easy for us to do that, to say that, oh, I could never draw like that person. I could never write a novel. Just because you've never done it doesn't mean you can't. You know? Just because you've never taught a webinar before doesn't mean you <laughs> that you're automatically going to suck at it. It's a skill. You'll learn it. You get better. My first webinar, I was a basket case. I was convinced I couldn't do it. The only reason why I did it was to save face uh, for my the person who was my mentor at the time, which was Jim Edwards. And, I mean, we had a conversation where he's like, dude, you need to be doing webinars. And, I mean, I'd done a couple of teleseminars, but never webinars. I had been on a webinar or two as a guest. But to actually host them and all of that, it was like, like mechanically, I knew the, the methods, but I'd never actually done it. And it stressed me out like no tomorrow. And he made this statement about, he, you know, he asked me how big my list was. And I told him at the time, I don't remember now what it was. And he's like, well, you can get like, you think you could get 40 or 50 people on a webinar out of a list like that, don't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And inside I'm thinking, I have no clue. I don't know if I can do that or not. And, uh, but he's like, then you need to do it. You need to schedule it. And I want to know when you have it scheduled. And it, it just pushed me, you know, cause I had this negative speak going constantly. I can't do this. And, you know, the day came for me to do it. I'm freaking out, you know, I'm going down through this mental list and, I'm on the phone with him 10 minutes before I'm supposed to go live. And it's like, did you do this? Yes. Did you do this? Yes. Did you do this? Yes. You got this. It's all going to be good, you know. Um, and it went okay. You know, I was nervous as hell, but it went okay. And so I believed a little more that I could do it. And, um, and then I did another one. And it went fine. And then I did another one and it, and it went fine. And so slowly my self-talk started changing to where, well, maybe I can do this. You know, maybe I can do something with webinars. And now, as you know, here we are. Um, I do them all the time. It's like second nature. I mean, it's just, I've done thousands. And so it, ultimately it came down to not a question of do I physically have the ability to do a webinar? It was whether I believed I could. You know, this self-talk of whether I believed I could. I mean, what would happen? This is a fun mental exercise that I've done many times in the past. What would happen? I want you to think about this. If every single word you spoke happened literally in that moment, what would happen? How would your language change if you were aware that every single thing you spoke would happen instantaneously? Like, I'll, I'll never be able to write a novel. Boom, done. That desire, the ability, everything is instantly leached from your brain. 
I can't do that. Done. Thank you very much for letting us know what you want us, how you want to live your life. I believe I could do just about anything. There's a mountain. I think I could climb it. Now, I'm not talking about, I mean, obviously we have some physical limitations. Like me rock climbing? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> probably isn't going to happen. But my point is, the uh, I think in the grand scheme of everything, it's a bit of a blessing that we don't uh, immediately get what we speak, even though it does uh, impact our reality in one form or another over time. It's probably a blessing that we don't immediately get what we speak because the human race would be gone by now. We would self-annihilate like very, very quickly. <laughs> but one thing that I also find incredibly um, powerful is that the powers that be understand all of this. Like whether you realize it or not, whether you admit it or not, we're all being manipulated through words. And they're doing it very deliberately. It's called PR, by the way, you know, but, you know, so the whole argument with fake news, it's all about manipulating people with words. So you could say something that you know is wrong. Say it with enthusiasm, knowing that it's wrong. And then somebody later on points out to you that it's wrong. And so you take it back. You recant or whatever. Oh, we were misunderstood. Sorry. The damage is already done. The words are already out there. And see, that's understood. Okay. Like people who are, um, I don't want to say controlling, but in a lot of respects, that is the case. Um, what we see on social media, what we see in the news, different places like that, most of that, whether it's fake news or not, um, it is uh, being done very, very deliberately. And it's important for us to recognize that. And I'm not saying that you have to be skeptical about everything, but just understand. I like my biggest pet peeve with regard to the world in which we live now is how uninformed people really are. And yet they believe that they're informed, but they're not. They don't do their own due diligence. They just believe everything that they're told, you know, or whatever. Not every single person, obviously. But, you know, they just go with flow, you know, like a good little human. Uh, and sorry, I, I, me personally, I can't live my life that way because I recognize, like I've read enough books like Edward Bernays propaganda and some of the other books that are out there. I know how to influence people and it's through words. We're all being influenced. If they can get you to believe something, even for a moment, doesn't matter whether it's real or not, they can take it back doesn't matter. Damage is done. Your brain is already programmed. You're going to believe a certain way. Whenever you recognize that that kind of social programming is actually going on right now, um, the better off you're going to be. And the more unscathed you will be by all the shit that's going on in today's world. You know, so that you can actually 
be aware of those kinds of things going on, but not be affected by it. And that's kind of my point. You know, how much is your current environment, whether it's, you know, uh, your home, your family, your local community, your state, nation, whatever the case may be, how much of that is actually influencing you versus you deciding what you want your life to look like. You decide what you want to believe rather than having beliefs just shoved down your throat, hook, line, and sinker, because all of that is affecting you. All of that is programming you. So I think for, for me, my challenge to you today, uh, and then we'll get to here to some comments. My challenge for you today is for you to decide how you want your life to look. You decide. And you can do that by the words you choose to let in and that goes out. You decide. You don't like what's going on in a certain part of your life? Change the conversation. You love what's going on in a part of your life? Increase the conversation in that direction. But you decide. You can decide. It's not my job to tell you how you should live your life or what you should believe or what's good for you or how you should think. That's not my job. A lot of people think it is your, their job, but it's not. It's yours. You choose. You know, if there even is such a thing of, as freedom anymore, the freedom is your own personal choice and that comes down to your words okay so that's my soapbox for the day Tony says, the English teacher said, two positives cannot make a negative. The student said, yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Lori says, have you listened to some of Maury Zelkovich podcasts? I found them very interesting and mind-opening to some of the things I do and say. I have not, but I'll check that out. Um, Leslie asks a great question, uh, but what if you've done the negative talk for years? How do you stop? Won't it take years to stop? <coughs> the good news is, um, let me take a quick drink of water. The good news is, and I know that this sounds simple to say, but it is true is that stopping it, and many of us have done it for years. I did as well, you know. Um, and this is a conversation that Chris and I have on a regular basis also. Because we all have programming. We all have shit that we've lived through or whatever, some more than others. But ultimately, it comes down to a choice. You know, um, and it's a progressive choice where... Um, like for me, it initially it had to be a moment by moment 
thing of gratitude. I'm amazed at how many people don't even know what gratitude is. Like they don't even know what it means to be grateful for whatever. They just kind of take it all for granted. Um, but you know, even if you don't have anything or nothing is going your way, the fact that you're breathing is something to be grateful for. You may not even see it that way. It's like, I'd rather just be dead. Um, but I believe like what I found in my own personal experience and from talking to some others is that there's some very key things that have to happen to shift negative talk. One is that you have to come to a point where you have to believe in yourself and you have to love yourself. And I, that can be extremely challenging and that is a progressive thing or maybe not. It can be a choice. Some of that comes down to the kind of data input that we received as kids, you know, as far as how we view our own self-worth, self-love, those kinds of things. But ultimately, somewhere in the range of making that transition uh, from negative to positive, that is a very pivotal choice. Uh, and you might think, but I don't believe that I'm here for any given reason. I don't feel special. I don't, you know, I don't even know why the hell I'm here on this planet. And one of the things that I personally realized was that you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to accept the fact that if I'm here on this planet, and obviously I am, or you are, there's a reason why you may not know the reason why, but just the fact that you exist is where to begin to give thanks. I'm grateful that I'm here. I don't know exactly what all is planned for me or who I can influence for the positive, but I just believe that I will and that I'll meet the right people and great things will come of it. And then, uh, whenever negative things start coming up, the negative talk, Becoming aware that you're saying those things or thinking those things. And then whenever those thoughts come into mind, it's like, where's this coming from? Uh, one of the challenges that I always have used um, uh, on myself and others, uh, a lesson that I really learned was, let's say that you're stressing out over X. You know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. It seems to be a popular one, but it could be anything. Um, and we tend to, because of our natural programming, go to worst case scenario. You know, we make all of these things up. Well, I'm going to, you know, this is going to happen and then this could happen. And then they could find out about this and then I'll lose my job. And then if I lose my job, I won't be able to pay my bills. And then the house will get repossessed. And I'm going to be kicked out and I don't know what I'm going to do. And we just keep going into this circular spiral that takes us down the toilet. And my challenge in those times um, is what proof do you have? Like prove to me that that's exactly what's going to take place. And the reality of it is you don't know. You don't know that that's what's going to happen. It could there may be a lot of evidence to point to that, but the reality is you don't know that all that negative shit's going to happen. You just don't know. You don't have proof. In most cases, 90% of the time, if not even higher, you have zero proof that that's exactly how it's going to play out. 
until it plays out. So if you don't have actual proof, why the hell work toward trying to make it happen? Like, why give it energy at all? All that you're doing is helping it. You know? It's like, I don't want an intruder to break into my house and steal things, you know, or possibly harm me or my family, and then you leave the damn door unlocked. Like, why? Why do those things? You know, why sabotage? Because the reality is you don't have proof. Most of the time of what we stress about and worry about, we have no proof that it's actually going to happen. And I can prove that 100%. Um, because I'm just like you guys. You know, face the same kind of struggles at times. And there are a lot of times where it looks like it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. Uh, and that challenge that I was just sharing is one of those other things that hit my brain. Like I'm worrying, walking around, pacing at night, thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I owe more money than I have. And if I don't pay this, this is going to happen. And then I start the same kind of cycle. And, you know, the thought pops into my head. Um, what proof do you have? Out of all the times where it didn't pan out the way you thought it would negatively, what proof do you have this time that in this case you're going to sink? Like all the other times where you were stressed out somehow worked out, what proof do you have that this is the time where you're going to crash and burn? And every single occasion, I had no proof. It's like, well... I don't have proof. It's just the way it looks and it doesn't look good, you know, but it hasn't happened yet. Has it? No. And you have no proof that it's going to happen that way. Do you No. Then how can you say for sure that that's how it's going to go? And so the way I look at it now, it, and I don't have those kind of conversations much anymore. Um, because the way I look at it now is, Hey, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen this or something better, you know? I'm just, I'm brash enough now to just believe that it's going to work out because I have a lot of proof that it can work out because it has time and time and time and time again. Don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Some crazy weird thing happens and magically they get paid. Or I make a phone call and say, hey, I know I owe this bill on this day, but I don't quite have the money. Can I have an extra day? Yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, whatever the case may be, I have a lot of proof that it will work out. I still have zero proof that it won't work out. Still. And I would venture to guess that my bills are a bit more than many of yours. You know. Um, but still, to not get those paid. Like, I miss a bill. I have nine employees that don't get paid. Which means multiple families don't eat. So... There's that, <laughs> you know, in addition to, you know, mortgages and rents and car payments and crazy utility bills, you know. So that's a constant stress that I have had to learn how to struggle with or deal with or, you know, get resolve on. But what if you can't make payroll this week? Well, that's really not an option. So one way or another, it's going to get met. How? Don't know. You know. But here's the one thing that I do know, and this is, I'll wrap it up with you, Leslie, on this. Um, 
How much worry and stress and negative talk can you put out there to create a positive effect in your life? The answer is zero. There is not, there is no amount that's going to ever create a positive. You know, it's like the lottery. You can want to win the lottery all day long, but if you don't buy a ticket, you're guaranteed to not win. And so our negative talk versus positive talk is the same way. You talk, you give into the negative talk all the time. You'll never create a positive outcome. If you get a positive outcome, you'll sabotage it somehow. That's just how things work. Um, but if you start where you are, just even once or twice a day, challenging those thoughts that come into your mind, say, why are you here? You know, I know things don't look good, but you're not proving to me that it's going to end up that way. What happens if you just dream for the, you know, 50-50, flip a coin? What if, what if you just chose to think differently, to choose a positive thought? The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And by the way, it doesn't take years to stop it. Okay. It isn't like, well, I've had 30 years of negative input, so now it's going to take me 30 years of positive to turn it around. No, it doesn't work that way either. Um, you can literally start changing your life overnight, <clears throat> reprogramming your own reality overnight, just by starting to say no to the negative and yes to the positive. And of course you have to, you know, see your own worth and, and love yourself and those kinds of things. I mean, that's certainly a factor. Mark says, when I was younger, my mindset and inner dialogue was always work, 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 trying to jam as much into the day as I could, which meant lunch at my desk or woofing my food that resulted in spills on my clothes so much so that I often heard, look, Mark ate something and even came to say it myself. That's when I realized I was making it funny and happened more often. Having read many of the books you recommended about mindset and self-programming, I realized that what I was doing and deciding to see if I could switch it by using the same method. So when it did happen again, I said, oh, look, I almost never do that. And it occurred less. Inspired by the success, I got bolder with a statement again and started saying, oh, look, that never happens. It worked, of course. And is a very rare occurrence now. I do realize that being aware of it made me more careful as well, but the words I chose to talk about it made it worse. I have a, a Sun Chu quote, uh, uh, bash, that might be a <laughs> wrong word I made up. Uh, keep your thoughts close and your words close. Oh, I get it. A quote bash. Um, keep your thoughts close and your words closer. That's really cool. Uh, and you're right. And I really like how uh, this is a really great example of choosing different words of where, you know, initially uh, Mark was would agree with the peanut gallery, you know, uh, and it was self-perpetuating. It kept happening over and over again. 
And then whenever he shifted his words to, you know, I almost never do that. And then again to that never happens. Guess what? The circumstance aligned with what he was saying to where it never happens. That's such a great example. Uh, Deborah says, Tony, I needed this talk today. Thanks. You're very welcome. <laughs> Tony says, I know one webinar you didn't do, Tony, about seven days ago. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know what happened with that one. I, I guess I have no explanation. It just left my brain. I don't know why. I I literally have no explanation. Anne says, lots to think about and act on. And Val says, great session. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, Kathleen says, key takeaway for me is that you need four or five times as many positive statements to counteract one negative statement. That is valuable to know. Thanks. You're very welcome. And one of the things, um, one of the things that I found personally is that it gets to the point where you don't have to be as consciously aware of, oh, I need to counter this with positive. It, um, you know how, like, whenever you start learning how to play an instrument, you know, um, I was a drummer, so I never really learned much how to play the piano or like I can do chords and stuff, but I, my, music reading was never what it could have been because honestly, I just was unwilling to put in the work. You know, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. I just wouldn't put in the work. And, um, but you know how, like whenever you're learning an instrument, you're very awkward with it and you're very conscious, you know, you're like reading the note and then let's see, where is the B flat on the clarinet or piano or whatever, right? Uh, it, it's very awkward at first. And then after a while, with much practice, of course, um, you don't even think about it. You know, it's like your brain isn't trying to process A, now B flat, now F and G and another B flat and oh shit, you know, and now there's like a whole key and, you know, like you can't consciously figure that out in real time very well, right? Uh, it just comes natural after a while to where you don't even think about it. And it's the same way with this. Like, I find myself anymore where the negative thoughts just don't even have a place to land. Like, they just don't even hit me anymore. I don't even think about them anymore. And it's, it's become a lot easier, which what I found is that as it becomes easier, you do still need to pay attention because it can still sneak in very subtly. Like, where'd that come from, you know? Um, but it does get a lot easier. That's been my experience. Uh, Kathy says, I find you also have to want to do it like you're rock climbing. If you wanted to do rock climbing, you would find a way to do it. Maybe just a small, small rock wall to start out with. But the desire is a key to being able to do something. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Tony says, I've been positive for years, so just about 
uh, got the hang of it now. Not totally, unfortunately. However, when you do get positive, you'll start to notice how many people are negative and it's frightening. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Mark says, uh, one part of my daily mantra is I give thanks for this day and everything in it. I added it so that when perceived negatives pop up, they're already covered, no need to dwell, move on, and it works for me. That's a cool way of doing it. You know, understanding that negatives still can create positive effects, or they could destroy us, right? Um, they could take us out, or they can make us stronger in a positive way. And I shared the story before, but it just popped back into my mind about Several years ago, I was in line at Walmart and um, I was buying a case of water. And uh, the the gal scanned the water and it popped up. You know, I didn't even give it a thought. And she says, uh, I don't believe it. It worked. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, I always have a hard time scanning these because it gets the it catches an individual bot bottle instead of the whole case and then it scans up wrong and then I have to keep trying over and over and over again and I said oh well, I can explain why I work this time and she's like why is that and I said because everything goes my way and she said really and I said sure why not I said every moment in life we have a 50 50 chance of it going positive or negative so why choose negative? Why not just choose the positive and believe that? And she stopped and she's like, you know, I never really thought about it like that before. And I said, you should. I said, why focus on the negative when you can focus on the positive? It makes for a much better day. And I don't know if that stuck with her or not. I, never, I don't know that I've ever seen her again. But um, it was just one of those funny kind of things where, again, you catch somebody and what they say without even realizing they said it. Leslie said, um, you've given me a lot to think about. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> Chris says the missing webinar will be in the special edition release of season one. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and Mark says, thank you, great nerdly stuff. You're welcome. Um, and Kathleen says, are you familiar with the book Messages from Water? Yes, I am. Um, that actually, there's um, a number of different studies now and experiments that have been done uh, in a wide variety of ways that basically show the same thing. There was a time, uh, Masurai Moto, I think is who you're talking about. And uh, there was a time where some people um, said that his results weren't legit. Uh, but since then, um, there's been a number of studies, irrefutable, that have shown that our words can have a positive or negative effect on... Um, you know, in these cases, water and crystals and those kinds of things. The one thing that I struggle with, and I've actually had thoughts about this at times, like I remember some of the examples in the early um, Maserai Moto pictures was they would uh, they would do words and stuff, but then they'd also do music. And uh, like they'd show like heavy metal versus, um, 
you know, like a Mozart piece or whatever. And the heavy metal ones were always very chaotic looking. And, uh, and I always kind of chuckle at that even now a little bit. Like I think about it every so often because one of my favorite music types is metalcore. I don't know why I just relate to the pounding drums and the grungy kind of guitars and, uh, even the screamo occasionally. And, uh, so, but I think about like, as I'm listening to one of those songs or something, I'm thinking, I wonder how this is affecting me right now. <laughs> you know, since we're made up of so much water ourselves and our bodies, you know, like, I wonder if this is really affecting me or not. Maybe I need to pick a different music choice, but, uh, like I can't bring myself to just listen to Mozart all the time or whatever. It's just, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very familiar. It's, it's definitely uh, an interesting, interesting thing. Um, yeah. And she says, uh, his point was that our bodies are mostly water. So our words and thoughts affect ourselves. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. Well, that's all I have. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, once again, and um, we will return next week with another topic. No idea what. I'm sure it'll be fun and interesting, though. So enjoy the rest of your week, and we will chat again soon.